You're listening to Voice Memos, the show about two longtime friends who have informative yet brief discussions about multitudinous topics. If you want to go deep into a topic, this is not the podcast for you. We keep it shallow. Now, please welcome your hosts, Jen and Myron. So I was just sitting here enjoying my quiet time. Okay. <laughs> nobody barking, no puppies barking, or nobody else. <laughs> I am telling you, I am mourning my freedom with a puppy. <laughs> like you are, it is puppy everything from potty training to training to setting up your house. She sleeps really. Let me tell you the positives first and foremost. All right. So, so this she, is Cashew. This is Cashew. Okay. And what um, kind of dog is Cashew? She is a mini Labradoodle. Okay. Uh, she's mixed with Labradoodle, Poodle, and Cocker Spaniel, I believe. So it's oh. those three layers. Okay. Um, she is really so- somewhat sweet. I mean, I think she's getting to know me, but she. Had, I have the crate on my bed and she's sleeping in the crate for eight to eight and a half hours. She got up once one night because she had to go potty, which that's fine. But um, so sleeping through the night, she loves, she falls asleep in the car in her crate. She is picking up training relatively well. I mean, in all honesty, she's, um, you know, her some of the commands that she knows, it's only been, I don't know what's. 10 days today. Okay. Um, so we have to, we're working on leash training and what that looks like. We're working oh, on boy. great training. So I leave every morning. So I'm making sure that I stick to my workout and I leave, I get up at five, I play with her, I train her, and then I leave to go work out from six to seven 30. And then, you know, we're getting in that routine, but okay. I will tell you, there is something that they call the puppy blues. And it is, oh, hang on a second. I think she's stuck on her leash. Hang on. Come here. I gotcha. She's stuck on her leash. There you go. Um, See, that's the child tribulation. <laughs> her paw is stuck on her leash. Stuck on her um, leash. So, or her collar, I should say. Mm-hmm. So, we have, we're learning some things about each other. Um, But if you look up Puppy Blues, it is really filled with, People that are regretting, they are depressed, they realize they're mourning their freedom. It's a lot. And that's where I'm at right now. And there's been probably every day except yesterday in which I wanted to send her back to the breeder. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. I mean, I see, I, I, I've never had a puppy. Like, I've, yeah. I've, I've never, I've never had a puppy ever. And I looked that up, though, what you were talking about, puppy blues, and the Google says, uh, just like you said, it's a term that re- used, that's used to refer to a negative emotional reaction that some people experience after bringing home their puppy. Some of these feelings include anxiety, sadness, and regret. Sometimes the reality of having to take responsibility for a fresh-faced new canine chum can be overwhelming. That's interesting. They say it could last anywhere from a few days to a few months. Yeah, I'm hoping that it's not months because God forbid it is. It's a lot of work, huh? 
it's a lot of work. And yeah, I didn't have kids for a reason. One, because of, of the work associated with it and taking care of something. But I was thinking all this time, you know, I had five, I've had five or six dogs, six dogs in my life. And mm. I got all of them as puppies. And the, it, I worked, uh, I didn't work from home when I had them. So mm-hmm. it was like, I don't know what they did when I wasn't home, but they became super independent and self-sufficient. I got sort of a break from it. Now sure. that I work from home, it's nonstop. It's either- oh, that's a good point. Like your, yeah. your, your puppy is in your face all the time. All the time. That's and a lot. I don't have a partner. You know, I was married for, you know, 16 years, uh-huh. a little over 16 years. And although the partner, you know, wasn't as loving and affectionate as I am, there was still that support of like, Hey, can you get home to let the dogs out and take and feed them? It's just, it's just me. So I, I definitely am going through the puppy blues and everybody says this, Oh my God, I trust me. It'll get better. It'll get better. And I'm thinking, I I don't know when. So that's exhausting. As of of right now, I have cashew. Um, We shall see how that goes. So how how big is she? She's she went to the bed on Friday. She's seven point seven pounds. Oh, okay. Okay. So she's she's growing. So will she get what about 25, 30 pounds or something? Maybe twenty-five, maybe. Okay. okay. Um, because she was the runt. So um maybe twenty-five, which is still relatively small. She does really well. I took her over to my sister's. And my sister has a dog named Bella and they played together. They showed each other their butts, which means, Hey, I don't mean you any harm. I'm not a threat to you. So they both did that and they uh-huh. played like crazy. It gave me a little break um, from her. And they say with the puppy blues that you should ask for help. Like you should really say, I need some help. Oh, okay. That's, that's good to know. I, I mean, it sort of makes sense because, you know, if that, like when you think about um, like kids, because I was a stay-at-home dad to an infant for her first, you know, moments of, or months of her life, and it's intense because you never get a break, yeah. right? It becomes hard to take a shower, to go to the bathroom, like to eat. I'm to, standing yeah, up eating, yeah, right to make a good meal, to watch a show, or just to like sit in science because they literally demand all your attention all the time they have to or they can't survive so puppies you know any newborn animal any newborn mammal is like that right they don't survive unless they have um an adult around them like they don't they don't know what to do so yeah you're you're in the thick of it i'm in the thick of it and when you say stuff like so mojito for anybody the beast mojito was so independent that he loved to just lay outside he only came in to eat and if he if someone knocked at the door but most of the time he didn't want to be around me which i was i could come and go as i please so i've been having my freedom for the past uh, eight years of not having to really take care of something to make sure that it goes to the bathroom that it's trained that it's getting trained, that it's sleeping in its crate, that it can be left alone. Like it is so much. And I think at my age, it's even more. And I, I'm just, I, I just keep thinking, is this the right thing for me? You know, it's interesting you say that because I was thinking that, cause I remember when, when uh, my daughter was in um, K through eight, like it was her um, elementary and middle school. And I remember 
there were um, mothers, not fathers, but there were mothers who had um, had waited a long time before having children. And these women, these mothers were in their 40s in their, you know, and some, you know, 45 to 50 with these second, third, fourth graders, like little kids, like they waited a long time to have kids and they were haggard. Like they looked like they just needed a good month in a spa just to relax. And I remember reading about it at the time, the prevalence of um, American women delaying having kids until a later age because, you know, working careers and just living, not just working careers, just living their lives, not wanting to have kids and then deciding to have them later because the science and technology and medical care allow that to happen. And so the choice, the choice for many women to delay having kids, whether they had a partner or not, you can have a kid when you're 40, 45, you need to see these things in Hollywood and things like that. And then, but the article, I think it was in the New Yorker, but anyway, the article was about, well, now that kid, I mean, now that baby's not a baby. Now that baby is a two, three, four, five-year-old, you know, toddler running around nonstop. And now, you know, you're 45, you're 50, and you got this little tiny human that needs all this attention. And you may not, no matter, no matter the shape or the health you're in, it still is a different requirement on your mind and body to be running down a kid, yeah. <laughs> right? And so, and so, and I remember seeing them, you know, they just looked tired. It was just harder. And so I'm thinking about um, now, you, like you have dogs before, but having a puppy right now at this stage of life, particularly if you have, after you had the beast, the beast didn't like nobody. Like he was like literally a lone wolf. Just alone, wolf, literally. Right, leave him alone. He's gonna do his thing. You know, if he's gonna be awake twelve hours a day, he does. He didn't mind being alone for eleven hours <laughs> at all. He's like, "What are you still doing here?" He came in the house. If I came home, been like, "Oh, you still live here?" Right. <laughs> Dude, it was so easy. Right, he would sit outside and turn his back and just say, "You know, I'm just gonna chill." Yeah, I <laughs> man, just, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. So. That's the, the status of my life. Now, I do um, work on getting some um, TV watching in there every once in a while, you know, yes. um, as I'm as she sometimes sleeps. Now, puppies have to sleep about 18 hours a day. So if you think about eight hours in the crate and then trying to do another 10, it's super important that they get that they get their sleep because that helps them grow. Very similar to, I guess, adults. Right. So right. our just right. children, babies right. sleep a lot, too. So um I, Man, I mean, I'm trying to keep hope alive. I'm really trying to keep hope alive. And everybody tells me it's going to get better. It's going to get better. You're going to have this, this buddy, but I just am whoo, child. I, it's, it's hard, huh? Yeah. You can't send kids back, but a breeder says, send the, send the puppy back. Like, <laughs> like well, that. well, you know, I, I think that, I think that maybe you give yourself uh, a date like you say on this date if i am not you know we are not a good couple pairing and we have you know and my life hasn't you know um not back to where i was because it can't be back to where i was because there's a new living being there but if it hasn't reached a state where you know i'm 
I'm happy and I'm giving my all and I know I can go forward and everything, then yeah, you 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 go. Like, I mean, I don't I don't I, I'm not a I'm not a dog owner or a pet owner. I, I don't know how the, the whole world not works yet. other than through you, right? And so yeah, I, that's what I would do. Now it's funny you said it because you know my daughter has a dog and she loves she loves that dog is a devil, but she loves that dog. And we were at dinner last night, me, her, and Eliane, and they were talking about going to the shelter and getting a, a kitten, a kitty, a, a cat or something. Oh. Man, sir, let me tell you something. So <laughs> so my only my only contribution to the conversation was, you know, y'all got a couple of plants in there that's dying. So how are you going to take care of a cat and you can't even take care of a plant? And then they got all <laughs> mad because apparently they are taking care of the plants. <laughs> so I just said, but the one thing about a cat that I like is that almost like you were talking about mojito, cats just go about their business. Yeah. Like they're just, yeah. Right. They go about their business. And, you know, it just, I mean, I guess some cats are more needed than others, but I don't know. I some at some point they're gonna get another animal in here. And I don't really mind animals, but I just said just don't require me to take care of the animal. Like, I'm not going to do that. That's that's not my that's not my calling in this life. Like, I'm not good at it. I'm not going to do it. Yeah, you don't want anything to do with it, which no. I respect the hell out no. of that. Cats are good because cats, or even some, even like a mojito dog, they kind of walk up to you. You know, maybe you could pet them on the head or something. And then they just walk away. Like, they're just like, whatever. They just go about their business. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it is. So, you know, my girlfriend said, one of my friends said, I'm not judging you if that's if that's the path that you take and you have to send her back to the to to the breeder, then so be it if it's not for you. But that you're definitely there's a there's a lot of guilt associated with it because, you know, you committed to something. Yeah. And you're like, wow, I can't even last two weeks. I, two weeks is good right now. So I'm I'm we'll see how go. it is the next week. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe it was, um, maybe it was still too soon after Mojito. Yeah, you could be right. You know, may, maybe it's maybe it's just that because I mean, not just the contrast and you know, a grown big dog versus a a brand new puppy. The energy requirement for those, you know, or train a fully trained like Mojito was trained, and this dog don't know nothing. So Nothing. yeah, that right, that's an uphill battle. Like that's a lot. Oof, yeah, man. so that's my life. Um <laughs> what have you been up to? What's been going on with you since last week? Uh I know at the end of your podcast you said, Yeah, I told Jennifer we were just gonna play um an old an old one, but no, of God course damn. you did it and you did not do that. So God, that was so funny. <sighs> I know, because you know what? I just thought, well, me and Ellie was here. She has her own podcast. And I was like, hey, you want to just sit in? We'll just do a little podcast. And then she was, uh, okay, tell you. And I said, no, I won't tell her. Just I'll tell her after we do it and just to make her mad. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> it definitely worked. Oh, my God. So, you know, it's funny because, so, so this whole week, right? So, you know, we come off Thanksgiving and all that. And I decided, okay, I'm going to try to watch some movies and just sort of take, you know, um, 
December are nice and easy. And I even told you, I even I even did a, a little thing to you, like let's just talk about you know you know the puppy movies and TV because there's so much there's so much stuff in the world you know that's just so messed up and it could get overwhelming, like it could get overwhelming. I just I don't know if I want to deep dive on all the the stuff you know because you got you know the Israel Hamas war. It's just a shitstorm. You got Ukraine and Russia, Texas, go mess. Texas and uh, abortion stuff. We had two or three mass shootings this week. We did? Yes, like exactly. <laughs> two were in Texas. One guy, one guy killed six people. Some guy in Texas killed six people. Jesus. And then another another person in Texas killed four. And then a professor, a professor in in Las Vegas applied for a, you know another professor job didn't get it and he killed three people jesus christ yeah shot some more and killed three people and just like this week that those three were this week and i was like let me let me let me look online and see you know like these stories and stuff and sir i had to like dig through the news to find information about the shoot the shootings mass shootings like that's how low on the news thing, mass shootings. Wow. Uh, right? How crazy is that? <sighs> so I just. Yeah, so we were like, let's take it lighthearted because, you know, <laughs> we have Syria, we have Texas, we have oh. just a bunch of Yahoo bullshit happening. And it's hard because then you have this thought of guilt. Like, yes. oh, man, I probably shouldn't. I feel so guilty about that. We should talk about it. But God, it is, it's nonstop. Right. And so, yeah, I, I just thought, you know, I, I I wish, you know, I told my daughter to say Jess the, uh, the other day. I go, you know what, Leah? And I think I may have said this on one of our earlier, way early podcasts, like in the first five or 10. If I could just be the world's emperor for about five years, I, I I can fix so much now. People will kill me after you know by five because people just kill emperors. But I think I could get it in control. <laughs> you could be my. You would be my Roman Empire. <laughs> <laughs> just holy moly! Just whole. It's just so much, and you go. I I just I don't know how you can you know fix all this stuff. And, and, and this week, okay, so we're in December. So this week begins. You know, one of the Jewish holidays, Hanukkah, right? So you go, oh boy, it's going to be some shit going down, right? Because it's yeah. it's a Jewish holiday. And then you have, you know, and, and it's Christmas season, right? So you got all the stuff happening with Christmas. And you just go, man, can we just get through the rest of this year without some full-fledged fuckery happening? And I, I don't know. I don't know that we can. I, I I don't know that we can. I doubt it. Even like when I went and saw Matt Rife this past weekend, so the comedian Matt Rife, um, oh. you know, going through security is so weird to me. Like where you have to have go through metal detectors to go to a comedy show. Like right. Wait a minute. Wait. Okay. Wait a minute. You can just throw it out there. You went to see Matt Rife. Yeah, he was. That like guy is all in the news with that yeah. face. And we talked about. How he talked about how you know his one joke on domestic violence. Uh-huh. How, so he on Netflix he does a special and his opening joke is about like domestic violence and he you know everybody said oh you should do an apology and so his apology was a link to 
hey, here's my apology to everybody. And the link was to special needs helmets. Oh <laughs> for, anybody <my> God. <laughs> for anybody that doesn't get the joke. But he I, he was really entertaining. <laughs> I, I super enjoyed it. I went with my sister. We used it as a gift to each other for like Christmas and then her birthday. Oh. Um, and it was good. His two opening acts weren't that great. Yeah. Um, I felt uncomfortable because the opening act said, oh, how many Republicans do we have in the office? And the two gentlemen next to me clapped their hands. Uh, like, oh, you're right next God. to me. Yeah, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, really, the white guy. That um, guy, Matt Reif, has been in the news. Right, so the 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 um, the um abuse thing. Yeah. But then also he said that one of the things, I don't know if it was on a, another podcast or something. I'm not sure it was on stage. Or maybe you could tell about how he said he's getting hate because his face is so pretty. Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> he got some work done. <laughs> good God. Good God. Oh, man. I, I, I don't mean, know. It I, was, I, he was funny. He was, he actually, he, his, he did all new material from his Netflix show so that you weren't getting uh, everything. I okay. didn't watch the Netflix mm-hmm. show, but yeah, so that was really good. And I was thinking, you know, we're going through security Check, checking my purse and I just said man, right. this, is the, this is the society that we live in right now right like you can't even go to a comedy show yep you remember yeah. you remember after um after 9-11 so that was what 2001 yep you remember like you know the the, the months and like maybe six months or within a year after it it was you know we have to resume our way of life or else the terrorists win. Remember how that remember that yeah. people were saying that kind of stuff? Well the terrorists won because yeah, they won. right because we can't go anywhere. Like like you said, a comedy show. Comedy show. Yeah, you know what like I was talking about that that professor who shot up um I think it was like the University of Las Vegas or something like that. And he so someone posted his his resume online because you know once once they show your picture, people get all your LinkedIn stuff, all your stuff. And he's just this professor. He'd been at a bunch of different, you know, major universities and stuff. And one of, I think on his LinkedIn, you know, you put your little personal statement or something like that. And something in his personal statement was that he said, you know, um, one of the greatest things he gets from, you know, being a teacher or professor or whatever, instructor, whatever they call themselves, was all the positive comments he's gotten from students who say, you know, how, um, how good a professor he is, how good he is at empathy and understanding students and, you know, talking to people, listening to people and things like that. And then he applied for a job, didn't get the job and he shot up the place. Like, uh, I, I just, and you know what I was thinking is we, you know, you and I have all, all this experience in corporate America. How many people have we turned down for jobs? Like through the years, so many people. Like and this, this, I've been turned down for jobs. Right, right, and, and so this guy is six, 67 years old. Oh my god! Yeah, and now he's dead. Oh, they like, killed. He killed himself. Well, I think he killed himself. I think that's. I, look, there was three mass shootings, so I think two of them are dead. I'm not sure if that guy is dead, but but he's sixty seven years old, and so if he's alive, alive or dead, let's just say his entire career, entire life. Right, all those resumes, all those interviews, all those students, you know, all these different universities, and now he's just a guy that shot up, shot up the college. That's it. 
Uh, like that's what you're known for. So that's instead what you're of known for. No, being known for your academic excellence and the none of that students, you're never going to be remembered for that, right? And so I'm thinking about you talking about going through the metal detectors, going to the to the um the comedy show. I mean, in in this day and age, it wouldn't be unreasonable to say before you come to this interview, <laughs> you need to go through security, right? <laughs> and, and, I mean, why not? Because you. If they don't get the job and you tell them then, I mean, I, maybe he came back. I, I don't know. But still, like the terrorists have won. I, I don't want to tell you you didn't get the job, you know, face to face. And then yeah. when we tell you by email or however we tell you, you need to have a GPS tracker on you, you know, like a 48-hour cooling out period or something. Because that's <laughs> crazy. Yeah, I think if you get a rejection letter, that should just go to the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> right just like holy like you said like you've been turning i've been turning out for so many jobs in my life and i would say you know maybe like 30 or 40 and half of them i was pissed off the other half i was like well i'm probably wasting their time anyway i probably wasn't the best candidate but the other half i was pissed off but i never thought i want to go you know get me some big old weapon and go shoot up someplace that's that's crazy well, especially if you do interviews in which you are, I mean, you and I have been there where it is, it's weeks and you're doing presentations and you're oh, meeting with this person. God. And then they tell you no, after you put it, you know, you don't get paid to interview, right? You, you, you're putting, you're going to FedEx and printing shit out, putting binders together and you're doing all this stuff and they tell you no, like, sorry, we're going with another candidate. I mean, okay, right. we right. have the mentality of guess what? Um, I guess that job wasn't meant for me. Not Sorry. I never had the thought of I want to blow somebody right. Up you know, you remind me of that job. I applied for a job once. Actually, this company found me online. I was happy in some job. The company found me online, and they had they asked me to come interview in San Francisco. And I was living in Sacramento, but first I did like I think two two hour phone interviews, right? And then they said, okay, come to San Francisco. And the interview was going to be at like, you know, eight in the morning, which means I, I needed to go and spend the night because I can't get to San Francisco from Sacramento at a, to be an eight o'clock interview because of traffic, right? A hundred miles in traffic. It just doesn't work. So I went the night before, spent the night, interviewed with maybe four or five people that day, right? All kind of managers and all just a bunch of people. And then, and then they didn't give me an answer. And then like a week later, or maybe two weeks later, they were like, uh, hey, we want you to listen to some calls because it was a call center job. Listen to some calls and evaluate these calls and write up, you know, the evaluation. And I was like, the fuck? So it was like eight calls. So I did it. Listen, and the call, sir, these calls were each, because it's pretty technical. These calls were each 20 to 40 minutes long. Like they were not like five minute calls. So anyway, I do it, right? I do all this big old work assignment. I get them and stuff. And they go, okay, we, we want you to come back for another series of interviews. Now this is over about six weeks. So I go back, right? Spend another night in the hotel. I go back and I meet with like some uppity ups, like these kind of people. And and then I met with some of the, the team that I would be in charge of if they were to hire me. And so I think all total, I probably had seven different interviews, 
right? Okay. With with maybe 12 people and all the way up like all the way up to vice presidents, like just a bunch of people, and and plus the work assignment. And then at the end of it, they called me and said I was too experienced. <laughs> <laughs> And and for any moment in time, did you think, let me go get an AR-15 and blow people up? <laughs> I did not. And then, you know what? What made me, like all the work interviews and, and the cost of the hotel, I mean, that was all annoying and I was pissed about it. But it, the thing that made me most, that, that I think made me most um, mad about the whole, about the whole thing was that. I did some free work for them, right? Wow. It, it was that it was that big old assignment. Listen to all those calls and write it up. Not just talk to them about, it, but write it up. And I thought, oh my! And then, so so that was like the number two thing. But the number one thing was, I did. I, they found me. They came to me and said, "We found your stuff online. Please come interview." And they took me through all that and then turned me down. So let me put a cap on this story. So seven years later. I get an email from this company saying, hey, we remember you came through here and we loved all your stuff and we would like you to apply again. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? So I was like, I was like, when I read that email, I was like the cartoon where my head turned to fire. It just exploded like a volcano. <laughs> Man, I wrote them a long letter like, I'm sure they just deleted like nobody read all that crap I wrote, but I felt so good. Like I ripped them about the whole process. I was like, I've been holding that in there for seven years. <laughs> it, you should have posted on your blog. Day in the life of a rejection letter. And then seven years later, so see, you left an impact. Yeah, they reached right. out to you. You're too experienced. You know my experience because you reached out to me. Right, right. And you know what? I have seven years more experience now. <laughs> And you know what was funny? All of it was crazy, but but everybody I interviewed with, so I was probably, I'm thinking I was probably 41, 42 years old or something like that at the time. Um, somewhere between somewhere between 41 and 44, I would say. But everyone I interviewed with, um, I don't think anyone was older than 35. Wow. So I had crossed that little barrier where I was now the older person being interviewed. Right. Everyone was younger than me and none of them knew how to make a decision. And so when I sat back and evaluated all the people interviewing me, I thought, man, all these people need a manager. Every single one, the vice presidents, all of them, they were all just terrible, terrible employees or whatever. Yeah, it was a mess. Isn't that insane when you think about that? When you think about here's somebody that reaches out to you, they know your skill set. You answer questions in the interview and then they come back to you later and be like, you got us thinking that we have way more work to do before we can fill this position. That's something I had where they said, oh. you asked us a lot of questions that we couldn't fully execute an answer that we have some work to do. So we have to rethink this position. And oh, thought, my God. This is this is just insane. So, yeah, you know, interviewed, but I never thought in that immediate moment that I wish I had a gun. Right, exactly. Never, never at all. Never. I never at in all. my life thought to think about taking a knife and stabbing someone, like pushing it through someone's flesh, sounds so 
crazy to me to even have that thought of like stabbing someone or shooting someone like literally pushing your weight into someone's body seems just crazy to me so when when you think about stabbings or someone holding a knife against you or however you know people are murdered right i just could never see myself doing that unless of course maybe i was defending myself but Mm -hmm. i Mm -hmm. I don't even know if i could like the force of pushing through someone's bone and flesh just seems it creeps me the fuck out so i was listening to a um a murder podcast and i can't think of i can't think of which one it was and it was about this this um this kid or this young man he was probably i think between i think maybe 14, 15 to 16 something like that 15 to 17 and he killed his his family he killed his he killed his parents and he killed his mother and his brother and one brother survived and the dad wasn't there and so i'm going to tell you the whole story but he did it by gunshot right wow. he, he he had stolen his grandfather's gun and he shot his mother, shot his sister, blah, blah, blah. And so and he called the cops on himself. Like he he didn't try to run. He called and see how, you know, I've, I, I killed blah, blah, blah. And so, you know, they arrest him and everything. And, and while he's on the phone with 911 and the lady is assuring him that the police are on their way and everything. And she's a very good 911 person. And um, he says... Cause she asked him, you know, are they, are you sure they're dead? Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm really sure. And then he says something that was really, it was really sad. He says, um, can you not ask me to go look at them? Because um, I don't want to look at them because I, I didn't know. I, I didn't know what the gun would, would do. I, I regret it. I, I, I feel really bad. I, I regret it. I don't want anything to do with guns anymore. And I don't want to, I don't want to see them. Um, and I don't want to see the gun anymore. Can you just have them come get me? And he was 17. That's right. And, and listening to him, he had grown up around guns. Right. And he, it was just, it was in his family. Like he's like, he had said he had stolen his grandfather's gun, but his parents, his family had guns as well. But in that moment, after he killed them, he, he recognized the, the sheer brutality of what a gun would do to a person. And, Anyway, he did it. So he got, he got, they couldn't give him, the first, they wanted to try him as an adult and give him um, the death penalty, but, you know, he was 17, and but they didn't want him to get out of jail. And so he ended up getting, I don't know, 40, 50 years or something like that. But it was, to your point, you know, sometimes these people fantasize about doing things, you know, whether it's a knife or a gun or something. But I don't think, particularly young minds, really anybody really know like what is going to happen in that moment. And it was really sad to hear him talk about that. Damn. Damn. Yeah. Wow. Just, just crazy. You know, speaking of, okay, look, this is change the subject. You, you, I don't, I don't know if you listen to their car radio anymore, but um, no. I was in a car and I was listening to a, it was a second date update. You ever hear those little things where I someone, don't. okay. Someone's got these little radio shows, had these little gimmicks. So you've gone on a date with someone and for some reason that person ghosted you. And so the radio station person will call that person, but not tell them that you're on the phone and say, hey, somebody, you know, this person you went on a date with, we're calling from the radio station and they called us to ask you, why did you ghost them? Okay, so this lady calls up and she sounds like she's 
45, maybe 40, 40 to 45, 40 to 50. And she sounds, you know, like a regular nice lady. She said, oh, I had a great date with this guy. We went to dinner. I offered to pay, but he insisted. So we split the dinner. We had drinks. You know, I invited him back to my place. We hooked up. And she said it was it was fantastic. And after that, he goes to me. And I just, we had great conversation. I can't understand why, you know, he hasn't called back or he won't respond to my text or anything. So the host goes, okay, well, we'll give him a call. So they called the guy. And the guy, you know, he sounds like a regular guy. Sounds like a blue collar kind of guy, but sounds really friendly and everything. And they tell him exactly what she said. And, and the, <laughs> the guy goes, is that what she told you? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> is that what she said? And they said, yeah. He said, well, let me tell you the other side of the story. He said, everything she said up to dinner and drinks was true. Like, I agree. We get back to her house. And when I get there, there's a guy sitting on the sofa. So I sit on the sofa next to him. She says she's going to go change. Seems like a nice guy. We talk about hockey. And, you know, and then she comes back. And he excuses himself. And I go, okay, well, roommate, you know, people have roommates. It's not a big deal brother something like that he was seems like a stand-up guy so we go to her room and we we get busy we're doing it he says i'm having a great time and i look up my eye catches some movement in the closet and it was him (laughs) (laughs) he was watching us (laughs) oh my god and he was watching us and he was doing his own thing Okay. If you catch my drift, I got he was it. Handling his business, <laughs> and he was like, and the guy, he's like, so I said, what the? They bleeped it, but what the fuck is happening? And she says, it's okay. He's my husband. We both do this. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> the guy is like, what are you talking about? That's your husband. I thought it was your brother, your roommate, or something. He's, he's like, ma'am, you know what? I want no part of this. And the guy's like, have you ever heard of consent? Like, you cannot just do this. He says, so I got up out of there so fast. I want nothing to do with that lady and her husband. And so then the radio host's like, well, she's on the phone. And, and the lady goes, yeah, we had a great time. It was the best, you know, some of the best lay I had in years. And I hope we can have another date. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, lady, lady, don't call me no more. Oh, my God. And she leaves that that out of the story. Yes. Her story was so innocent. And she sounded so nice. She just go, you know, she made it sound like she's just one of those regular people who got ghosted after a good date, right? Oh, my God. I wouldn't even want to be on the, I would have never called in. Because you know if you're going to call the guy, he's going to give the true story. Oh, my God. It was a mess. You know, it was a business. Oh, it was a mess. So um, I, don't, I don't even know where I'm going. That was somehow the podcast where I made you think about the radio and blah, blah, blah. It was that. So um, so I know you haven't been watching a lot of television these days, but have you had a chance to watch anything? I have. Okay, so I started um, The Buccaneers on Apple TV. Oh, I, I read the preview today. How was that? It's good. It's about American 1800s, you know, uh, okay. American girls going to London because one of their friends marries uh, a lord, 
Um, and then another one where a Duke falls for her and the best friends involved. So it gives me a little bit of Bridgerton with Ooh. Gilded Age, which I'm also watching. Gilded Age is so good. Yes. Um, I, yes. So good. Uh, so Gilded Age is on HBO Max and then um, the Buccaneers are on Apple TV. Of course, I'm watching um real housewives of real salt lake city miami and beverly hills which i'll settle in i think tonight i'll take the puppy for a little walk in her stroller because she's not vaccinated so she can't be on the ground okay i um, think we're a week behind in salt lake city but salt lake city is a mess it's a, it's a hot mess they're in bermuda right now yes it? yes that's yeah. what, just it is woo, my god it's a mess. man um the girl, the woman who's from Bermuda, or, or she lived, her mother lived Monica. there or something. Monica. Monica. Her and the Lisa Barlow and the Meredith. That that whole thing is a mess. I am there. I am most of those women's ages. So Monica is, I think, in her 30s. So she's the younger okay, she's one. She's the so younger one. Yeah. So Meredith and Lisa are in their 50s. And I've never, I've never had friends that acted like that. I don't, I've, in right? my life, if I had that, I've never had women would be disrespectful in a place where Whitney was having her, you know, business launch where you're yes. going back and forth and then telling someone else your mom doesn't even want you. Like, I just, it's so disappointing and sad, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm watching it because I know it's great TV. It is. TV. You know what? So I was, I was thinking about something because I was watching some guys online. Man, there's always men complaining about those shows, right? Um, and I, I think it was maybe I don't know if it was Miami or Potomac, but one of them they were they were just you know just regular. Oh, this is trash, blah 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 blah. But then, and I I was just watching. I didn't engage in a conversation. But you know what? Like I was thinking, like even if these and these shows are geared towards um, women, right? But there are men that watch. I'm, I'm a straight guy. I, I, I like the shows. Like, I don't mind. But you know what's interesting about it is that you have a show of just, you know, women big. They mostly just bicker, right? They argue. Every now and then someone throws a drink or something like yeah. that. But then you have men shows where everybody gets shot up and killed. Yes. Right? Everybody gets shot up. Everybody gets murdered. And most of the time, it's like, if you look at every um, lawyer... Uh, medical, fire, police, rescue, all those shows are based upon generally, not even generally, a woman is murdered and now let's solve it, right? Let's let's figure out why. And sometimes there are men murdered, but most of the time it's a woman murdered and, you know, something happens. And so, the, so these men-generated movies or men, these movies and series that generally are generated towards men, are just about, not just, but they're mostly about violence and violence towards women. And so you have these women-oriented shows and it's just women arguing, right? Arguing. I mean, they have their little businesses, they have their you know, their babies, their procedures, and, you know, their parties, all the regular little stuff that they do in all the housewife shows. But mostly it's just, it's just bickering and conflict. But nobody killing each other. <laughs> <laughs> no one's stabbing someone in their sleep. There right. was one, there was... One juicy gossip where somebody woke up with a black eye and they never said how they got. Remember, Heather, Heather never told how she yeah. got that black eye. Never. Right. So that's probably the most violence I've seen on any of the Real Housewives. Right. And so, you know, it's, it's gossipy, it's messy, it's petty. But you know what? Um, they're not 
they're not they're not the leaders of these countries that start wars and, and nope. killing vote. Nope. They're just people having this kind of little silly, mindless fun. Even like that, the like I've never watched a Kardashian show. But even that, they're not killing folk. No. Or like, or like I saw people, some men were really angry that Taylor Swift was named Time Person of the Year or something like that. And people, these guys were just really angry about it. And then I, I started thinking, well, but on the other hand, you have uh, P. Diddy, Sean Puffy Combs being accused of all these assaults. Same with Russell Simmons. Even the, the comedian you just saw, you know, talking about violence and stuff. And you have all you have all this men stuff. That's a whole nother level of just ickiness. Yep. And then people mad she was named person of the year. And, and she didn't name herself. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, no, it's not like you have to apply and get the most votes like you do like an election at high school. Right. Like she didn't name herself. Or or I, I saw, you know, um this this lady, I think I said it to you. This this lady who used to be a reporter, I don't know who she is. She wrote a tweet that said Taylor Swift is just self centered and all in like whiteness. And if she just had one Instagram post about Israel and Palestine, she could end the war. And I just thought, what are you saying? Like what? You're mad at this lady who just sings songs. Just sing songs and makes a good fortune and a great entertainer. Right. Yeah. And then, yes, and someone and then I saw another one. You know, there was a group of people going off on Beyonce. They said well, Beyonce will not speak out about the war, and her movie is showing in Israel. And it's her fault. And I was like, you know what? I actually someone counted. She like they counted it with Taylor Swift saying she didn't name herself. She just out there doing her thing. And then someone said, Beyonce made a deal with the theater a year ago. And she can't tell them where to show that her movie, her movie is showed all over the world. And she can't end the war. Like it, it, it's not her. She can't end the war. And so I find it interesting that you have the leaders of whether it's Russia and Ukraine, Israel and Palestine or Hamas or the United States or wherever. There are all these men, whether it's Venezuela trying to invade Guyana, uh, Guyana all these wars, right? Sudan. China going after Myanmar, all this. It's all men. And, and hundreds of thousands of people being killed. But then you have idiots online blaming two women entertainers. <laughs> and you know what's funny is that if anybody's <laughs> going to make a dent, I think Taylor Swift has like 270 million followers. Selena, <laughs> goes, Selena Gomez has 430 million. Oh, he would make God. a bigger impact with right? Palestine and, and uh, Israel. Right? I just... It's crazy how you how we think about how our fundamental value system is and and where we put our energies to things. It's what we talked about when the war started. Is that yes, we don't want innocent civilians to die. I don't want anybody to die, and I, I also don't want to people die. to die in this country. Right. Like, I want I want somebody. It's very similar to criminals that will try to scam you out of your money if they put that effort into like a good paying solid job they yes. can probably be successful like yes. we have to put efforts into cleaning up our own house before we start trying to clean up everybody else we, yeah we, we we can't fix the world like we we just can't like our our government look our government can't fix itself like no. we we can't we can't in this country agree on guns abortion funding public schools, the books that are used in public schools, 
high speed rail, you know, getting off oil, um, and, uh, indigenous Americans treaties, reparations, equal pay for women. We can't agree on those things. How are we going to solve another nation's or multiple nations issues? Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't try to help where we can, but good God, like, like work on your own house. And not that we don't work in our house. Yeah. You know, I don't want people to go the wrong way with this. However, it's, it's silly and it's, it reaches a level of ignorance to think that uh, the United States and the United States government controls the world and can dictate to everybody in the world what to do or what not to do. Yes, it's like, insane. It, it just, we, we, we can't do it. And, and I know we, we, we can't stop mass shootings because yeah. we can't agree on, you know, what weapons people should have and, you know, you, you know, all the stuff. Uh, all this stuff, just craziness. So well, yeah, to, to somehow blame a war on Taylor Swift and, and Beyonce, it's just... It's insane. And it's very <laughs> similar to like when we talk about Real Housewives, like how how dare we, you know, men arguing about, you know, the Kardashians or Beyonce. Just, you, you know what, men, fix your own shit so that we're right. not in the predicament that we're in. Yep, I right. 100% agree. Right, because we're going to... Right, because we have 300-something mass shootings in this country so far this year. And I think something like... Like, say it's 300. It, it's more than... It's like 320 or 330, but let's say it's 300. And of those 300, I think something like 298 are by men. So, shut up. Yeah, they're like wily e. Coyote, pointing <laughs> the finger everywhere but themselves. And you know what? I can go I can go a step further and really, really uh, uh, make people think that... And this is a fact. The majority of crime in this country, United States of America, the majority of the crime, there two, there's two things. One is perpetrated by men, right? You just you forget the racist. It's all by men, right? Or the majority is by men. And then two, the vast majority are by self-proclaimed Christians. Oh God. Because <laughs> you know, most religious people in this country say that they are Christians. And most of the crime in this country committed by men who say they are Christians. So, you know, while we're talking about, you know, Jewish folk here, Muslim folk here, um, atheists in Russia or Orthodox Christians in Ukraine or, you know, whatever, our own people here, right? It's the religious people here that do the most damage in this country. So, you know, let's fix our own shit. So I don't mind. We take this all, all the way back around. I don't mind watching housewives women just bicker and oh. be petty and messy because ain't nobody dying ain't nobody dying it's good entertainment it makes me realize how lucky i am to have the friends that i have so right you and i are watching the same show uh we're both enjoying it a murder at the end of the world oh uh, it's so good. it's so good i uh. love it I don't know where it's going to go, but I'm telling you, it is just well executed. It, it, it's really it's very well done. Yeah. It is very well done. And it's on Hulu, and it's a series, and I think there are maybe seven episodes out right now. Yeah, maybe seven. Yeah, I think one. I think another one comes out tomorrow. And then, so so I'm watching also, have you watched Squid Games on Netflix No, I've, I've never watched any of it. Okay, so there's there's the series, the 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 movie or the movie, the series, but then Netflix made an actual reality show off the game, and it's actually really good. Okay, it, it's really good. You start off with 456 people, and you got to get down to one winner, and the one winner 
will win the, the most money ever won in a reality show, $4.56 million. Damn. And it's just, it's just through a series of weird little games, chance, and just, and just be eliminating people. And so everybody you think is the main character is not. Because wow. <laughs> okay. eventually everybody's going to lose. And, it's, and I think it's okay. maybe 10 episodes and they're probably like 30, maybe like 40 minutes a piece. But anyway, it was pretty entertaining. That's all I'm watching. <laughs> You're watching it's puppy butts. <laughs> watching the puppy bowl. That's the, that's the, well, yeah. So um, what are you watching? I know we're coming up like we were only going to go for a little while. We're coming I up know. I know. So oh. so um, Squid Games, like we said, uh, The Real Housewives and um, Murder at the End of the World. And the other thing. um I'm behind. Uh, we're we're watching Survivor. It's a good season of Survivor, yeah. um, and we're I think we're within a couple of episodes of of it being done. And then I watched a really good uh, Christmas movie. You know, I love Christmas movies. On on Disney is called um, was that on Disney? It is. No. It's called um, God. Oh, yeah, was it uh, Candy Cane Lane? It is Eddie Candy Cane Lane. With Eddie Murphy, that's on Amazon. Okay, I okay, okay. I saw, no, okay, so that one is really good with Eddie Murphy. There's a different one on on Disney. It's called maybe Dashing Through the Snow or something like that. Okay. And it's with that comedian, I think his name is Little Ray or something, and Ludacris. Okay. The singer Ludacris from the uh, Fast and Furious movies. And it's very funny. Okay. And it's, it's I'm, I always think about your nephew's ages. And so, because your nephews are what? 10 and 12, 10 and 13? 13 and 15. Oh my God. Well, but they were like, it's it's, it's appropriate for that age because it's just, it's it's Christmas stuff. So they're just doing silly Santa um, kind of stuff, but it is very enjoyable. And really, really that's it. Awesome. Well, God, yeah. we, I mean, we didn't get to catch up because you blindsided me last week. I couldn't be on. <laughs> so Ilian, thanks for, thanks for, you know, stepping in and, you know, stepping up for me yes uh, yes and you know my, my leah has told me if jennifer ever wants to have the puppy come over to tell her let me know because i'll be happy to have the puppy so if you need a break uh, leah be happy to watch the dog i have no problem with that i'll be over to <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute, so one last thing before you go have you done any christmas shopping <laughs> i just give money Oh my God. You know what Elliot asked me? She said, What should we get Jennifer for Christmas? I said, Nothing. She didn't want nothing. nothing. She didn't nothing. want nothing. She, and she was like, What do you mean? I said, She didn't want nothing. Everything nothing. she wants in her life, she has. And yeah. gifts just make her angry. Just don't yeah. give her anything. She's going to get her something obligated. anyway. <laughs> no. I told her not to. I told her not to. So <laughs> I'm like, My gift is our friendship. No, I feel like. I feel like we we get to an age in life where we can we buy our own stuff. We if you see something throughout the year, you're like, wow, right. that might be something cool. But other than that, no, no. Right. She was like, "Will she get you a gift?" I said, "No, I stole her black bowl. Like that's the eternal that's gift. That's her gift. For, that's her gift forever." <laughs> <laughs> it's probably going in ten years. I just I said to her the other day. The other day I was like, "Look at that bowl. That's a great bowl." <laughs> It makes big salads just for oh you to eat out of It's onyx. It is so pretty. I, that, is, that is the best dish in the world. So anyway, um, I'll get this stuff out. If you're listening to us, uh, rate us, share us, leave uh, leave some comments on Apple because, you know, Apple loves that kind of 
uh, witchcraft and um, let us know some stuff you want us to talk about or whatever. And maybe we'll do some more um, what we end of the year. You know, we need to do like BuzzFeed, do some end of the year lists in our, our next um, uh, one of our next uh, couple of podcasts before we end the year. Yeah, I love it. Okay. Yeah, okay. we'll think about that. So cash you high with yeah, if you if if our audience, our listeners have some suggestions on what they want to have lists from, hey, reach out to us on our social media. If you have my phone number, send me a message. Say, hey, talk about the top of this, or yeah, give us yes. some ideas. We love it. We again, we have opinions on everything. Have a great night with Cashew. Yeah, Cashew. Okay. Peace out. Peace out. Bye. Love this podcast. Be sure to like, subscribe, and leave a review. Visit the episode description to find out how you can connect with the hosts on social media. Voice Memos is a production of Dear Dean Publishing. All rights and trademarks reserved. No portion of this podcast shall be reproduced commercially without consent.